You're listening to Breaking Boundaries in Breast Cancer, sponsored by Lilly. This is ReachMD. I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz. I'm joined by Isoris Navar. She's a research coordinator at the Division of Hematology and Oncology at Penn Medicine. And she has participated in a study about patient attitudes, experience, and results of screening for minimal residual disease, or MRD, for therapeutic intervention with breast cancer. Isoris, welcome to you. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> it's great to have you on the program. So I'm curious about where this study originated. Um, it is looking to answer an important question, which is, do breast cancer survivors want or not want to engage in more active surveillance? Can you talk about how this study came to be? Yeah, sure. So I work for Dr. Angela Michelle, and the study came to be, there have been literature that shows that harboring DTCs or disseminated tumor cells um, has been shown with an increased risk of recurrence. So she kind of looked at that information and said, well, how can we take that information and use that to put in place a measure of active surveillance? Because patients, once they have finished all their primary treatment and they are in remission, they're kind of left in this space of, well, what do I do now? I know that there are lifestyle measures that I can take um, to sort of reduce my risk of recurrence, but is there anything else um, that I can do? So the idea of the study is that we are performing bone marrow aspirates to look for these CTCs or dormant tumor cells um, in the bone marrow aspirate, which is usually where the cells are proliferate, they hang out. So we want to know, all right, we perform this bone marrow aspirate, we find these CTCs. First of all, are patients going to want to do this? Are patients um, willing to have multiple of these if they do have these CTCs? And sort of what happens after that? So we found that patients are definitely willing to participate in this research because they want to have that knowledge. And patients um, are not entirely pleased with the idea of having multiple bone marrow aspirates, but they're still willing to do it. And it's no small decision, of course, uh, but pursuing the the investigation of whether or not they would want to, I think we often leave that up to be one of those rhetorical questions. We either assume one way or another. It's interesting to me that uh, your team wanted to go after that information. What kind of insights did you get from that? So we discovered that patients, not only do they want to know, they're highly motivated. In fact, they're so motivated that we have patients coming from all over the country. We have patients from California, patients from Texas. Um, and we also found that uh, patients, after they have the bone marrow aspirate, they do self-report reduced anxiety because they feel like they're taking active measures um, and really being proactive with um, their health and their future. So that was really interesting. Um, and they do tolerate the bone marrow aspirates fairly well. I mean, we have a no, reported no bleeding, very minimal bruising, tenderness, um, no drainage. Um, and there is some pain, but it's very minimal. So not only is it uh, physically tolerable, but patients actually um, are very pleased with their participation in the study. Have you found that um, among those, whether it's at uh, Penn Medicine or more specifically maybe in uh, satellite kind of practices, um, might have had a torp- uh, might have had a, a bit of a block around um, the assumptions about whether patients would actually want to do this. Um, has there been any kind of barriers towards um, getting patients to um, register for this to become more involved in 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 getting bone marrow aspirates? I think one of the biggest barriers I would say is. 
um, patients having the information that the study is available to them. I mean, they can look for it on clinicaltrials.gov, but as we know, that it can be a very hard site to navigate for patients. So I think the biggest barrier has been getting that information out to more more people. Um, we do. We have had a large amount of patients come um, from all over due to the fact that other patients that have participated are speaking out and they're posting about it on Facebook, social media, and they're saying, hey, I had this study. You might be eligible for this as well. Why don't you try um, and see if you participate in it? So sort of a positive spiral happening here. Yeah. So I guess looking forward, uh, one of the next questions that comes to mind is whether the outcomes for these patients in the short and long term will be different uh, with more uh, knowledge, with more information armed at their disposal, if that will lead towards better outcomes. Do you think that there will be an extension study down the road for that? Um, So that's a really good question. Um, What I will say is that right now from the information that we do have, um, the patients that tested positive um, have enrolled in the CLEVER trial. So the CLEVER trial is really our pilot trial to see if these um, minimal residual disease Uh, trials for therapeutic intervention are feasible, and right now we're finding that they are. So out of the 37 um, that are found to be positive, 36 enrolled. One did not enroll because she had a concurrent recurrence. So as we can see, patients have this information. um, They're willing to enroll in the trial. Um, The current uh, trial, Clever, uses hydroxychloroquine and avirolimus, and these are already two FDA-approved drugs that um, target autophagy and mTOR pathways, and they have been tolerated fairly well. So it's very promising, and we'll see what comes next. We're very excited. (laughs) I'm looking forward to hearing more updates on that in the future. It's been great talking to you, Isoros. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. I've been speaking with uh, Isoros Navar from Penn Medicine about patient attitudes, experience, and results of screening for minimal residual disease after breast cancer. Thanks again. Thank you. For access to this and other episodes devoted to breast cancer research and treatment, visit ReachMD.com, where you can be part of the knowledge. I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz. Thanks for listening. The preceding program was sponsored by Lilly. Content for this series is produced and controlled by ReachMD. This series is intended for healthcare professionals only. To revisit any part of this discussion and to access other episodes in this series, visit ReachMD.com. Thank you for listening. ReachMD. Be part of the knowledge.